Hey church, welcome to Frontline Community Church Podcast. My name is Cody Mahaffey and I'm the connections and group pastor here at Frontline in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So our mission here is simple, to see zero people unchanged by Jesus. So whether you've been following Jesus your whole life or your journey has just begun, we hope that this message will help draw you near to the person of Jesus. Be challenged and encouraged by his word and be moved to action. We hope these next few moments are a blessing to you and equip you to see who God really is and who you really are in him. Well, hey, good morning, Frontline. Thanks for just celebrating with us. Wasn't that fun just a couple minutes ago, celebrating child dedication, families, new life, all sorts of just awesome stuff that we get to be a part of and walk alongside these families. Uh, Happy, thank you. Thank you for that. Amen to that. So happy Mother's Day. Can I just start by saying that? Uh, To all of the moms in the room, could be a biological mom, a stepmom, a foster mom, a fill-in for somebody else mom, Uh, thank you so much just for all that you do. Can we just say thank you to all of the moms that are here? We just love you. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, I'm excited to to dive into what we have today, but I I also want to acknowledge just before we get too far that this day can hit different for a lot of different people. Uh, A lot of times what we celebrate is the first and the first of new things, exciting things, awesome things. But I know that also this might be a first Mother's Day for you where your mom's not here. And I just want you to know we we see you. We hear you. We've been praying for you also. Uh, I know that today sometimes this brings up brokenness and dysfunction. Maybe there is a separation between you and your mom. Maybe there's some hard things going on, some conflict, some loss. Uh, regardless of what it is, what you came in with today, even, even for those of you that desire to be moms and yet haven't been able to yet, uh, I just want you to know we love you. We love you so much as a church. We're with you. We're praying for you. We have been praying for you. Uh, even leading up to today, and it leads to this opening question, which it kind of hits harder. So I'll just prep you ahead of time. The question goes like this. Have you ever been disappointed by unanswered prayers? Never been disappointed by unanswered prayers, prayers that you come before the Lord with, just with a heavy heart, with a deep desire, with a longing that is good. I mean, it's pure, a pure desire. It could be to have children. It could be for your children. It could be for a prodigal child that you have that's running in an opposite direction. It could be for some brokenness and dysfunction in your family to be resolved. It could be to, to land a job. It could be to buy a house. It could be to figure out what your next step is in life. It, it could be a thousand different things. It's not just limited to moms today, but it could be for all of us. Have you ever been disappointed by unanswered prayer? What do you do? What happens inside? of you when you don't see what you've asked for? I mean, if I'm being super honest with you, a predominant emotion that I feel is just disappointment. Uh, Even in my role as a pastor, uh, I've wrestled probably for the last year and a half. I have a mentor in my life, and the only thing we really talk about is prayer. Everything that's birthed out of prayer leads to prayer, things I'm praying about. Everything always seems to center around prayer, but what what I've told this man, his name's Ted in my life, what I've told him is I said, I pity the person that asked me to pray for them because I don't often see God answer those prayers. And here's what I've learned over the last year and a half is that's actually what God invites us into, not to, into unanswered prayers, but to walk alongside other people, to walk alongside with love, 
with fervency, with persistency, to walk alongside others and play the role of intercessor for them. The role of intercessor and the role of prayer is not a one-time prayer and that leads to an answer. What God actually invites us to and what he invites us to step into is the role of walking alongside another person. Many of times we love and almost all the time at the end of a season of prayer for someone, we can't help but love. That's what God actually invites us to do, to walk with somebody else on behalf of them, to plead for them, to cry for them, to pray for them. The, the topic that we're talking about today, maybe it excites you, maybe it doesn't, maybe it intrigues you, maybe, maybe you're just stuck in this. The topic that we're actually talking about today is intercession. We're in the series right now. It's all about prayer. It's called Lord Teach Us to Pray. And it's based on the Lord's Prayer. Jesus' disciples came up to Jesus and they said, Can you please teach us how to pray? Because what we've seen and what we've observed and what we've noticed about you, Jesus, is when you pray, different things happen. Can you teach us how to do what you do? Teach us how to pray like you pray in Jesus. I, I always just picture Jesus like just smiling and good natured and sense of humor. I, I can just picture him going, Sure. Yeah, I've been waiting for you to ask. I'd love to teach you how to pray, but it's going to be a hard prayer. All right, I'm going to brace you for today. Today, there's going to be a hard part of prayer that God invites us to pray, and it's extraordinarily difficult, but it can lead to some extraordinary outcomes if we will learn to pray the, the way that Jesus teaches us to pray. So check this out. This is Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9. Here's how Jesus teaches his disciples to pray. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We've been looking at a different piece of this prayer every single week. We're going to wrap up this series next week. But today, the focus that we're looking at is this. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So uh, show of hands. I want you to be honest. I'll remind you, you are in church. How many of you stutter when it's your will be done, not my will be done? Any of you stutter, you kind of trip, you get a little uncomfortable, and you go, well, I'm pretty sure what God means by that is my will be done through God, right? Isn't that how it works? God, here's my desire. Here's my prayer. Here's my plea. Would you just answer what I'm asking you to do? Because I'm asking in the right motives, in the right heart, and it's going to lead to a great outcome. So God, if you can do what I want you to do, we're all good. Does anybody else kind of pray that prayer in between? the lines? Or is that just a pastor thing? Is that just what I pray? Every time, I mean, for my whole life, as long as I've prayed this prayer, my dad was a pastor. I grew up in church. We used to read this collectively as a church. I would get to this point and I would stub my toe every single time. Your will be done. Uh, as long as it's in line with my will. Like that's how I want to curve it. Your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done. On earth, in our midst, in our families, in our lives, in our relationships, in our marriages, your will be done, God, in every facet, everything that's important to us. Your will, God, be done. Here on earth, as it is in heaven. That is so difficult to say. It's difficult to pray. 
and it's far more difficult to live. And yet this is what Jesus teaches his disciples to pray. He invites them to step in in alignment with God, not even just in every aspect of their lives, but in their prayer lives. He invites them to intercede. Your will be done. Now, I'm not a Greek scholar. I've told you guys this a thousand times. I sat down with a Greek professor when I was in seminary. He looked me dead in the eyes, and he goes, some people can do this, and some people can't. And you can't. <laughs> so what he should have said is just use Google, because that's what I do today. I use Google. I look it up. Here, here's the thing. There's a secret within this prayer, within this passage, that actually leads us to understand how can we actually do this and live this out and pray in the way that Jesus called us to, taught us to, and invited us to. There's a secret in the actual language that it was written. So, so let me tell you this. I'm going to give you an English lesson for like two minutes, but it's going to make an impact, and it's going to change how you see this verse. So walk, walk with me here, okay? There, there's many times different voices that we can say things in, pray things in, write things down. And so in English, there's, there's two big ones, right? There's active voice and there's passive voice. Okay, let me tell you or explain these first two, okay? So, so active voice means I'm doing the action. This is why I think a lot of us struggle with this prayer. Your will be done. It's like conceding to the action of God rather than the action of ourselves. We often go into prayer and we go, here's what I want. Here's what I want to see. God, here's what I'm asking you to do. Here's what I want you to intervene on. Here's what I want you to say. Here's how I want you to line up the board so that everything works in accordance with my will. The action originates with us. And we take our action to our Heavenly Father and we say, please do this. That's active voice. Can anybody relate to active voice? Active voice, we do this all the time. Doesn't matter what category, what area of life, we bring the action. Part of it is our culture. Part of it's just American culture. You want something, you go get it. You want to see God do something, you pray for it. You, you want to you leverage something in your life to accomplish some sort of outcome? You do it. You orchestrate it. You make it happen. The active voice is so familiar to us, we can almost do it without even noticing it. So here's the active voice. The passive voice is on the exact opposite side of the spectrum. The passive voice goes like this. I can't change anything anyway, so why try? The action is done to us. Those prayers might look like, God, I just give them up to you, uh, and I trust that whatever happens, happens. God, I, I just pray that you would intervene in your life, active voice, but I don't know what to pray for, so just do what you need to do, God. It's like we, we bounce back and forth, active, passive, active, passive. The passive, the action is done to us. The, the problem with passive voice is oftentimes doubt can creep into these prayers, and we wonder if they're even worth praying. God, are, are you even going to pay attention to this prayer? Does, does my prayer change anything? Have you already orchestrated what you want to see happen? The passive voice is actually, I think, just as much of a struggle for us as the active voice. The active, I mean, we, we can get ready to, to tear down a brick wall. The passive voice looks at it, takes a step back, and says, there's nothing I can do about that anyway. So I, I don't even know why I'm praying for this. I don't know what to pray for. It kind of seems like this is just going to happen the way it's going to happen. You see how, how the two different voices lead to very different prayers? Before I move on, which one do you identify with most? 
If you, you would inventory, I don't know, the last hour of your prayers. If you would inventory that, if you would look at the way that you see God, do you see yourself as one who needs to bring the action and bring the approach and bring the answers and bring the solution? Or do you see one as just going, God, you're going to do what you're going to do, and I know my role, and so just we're good. Which one do you identify with most? Here's what's so cool about this passage. It's not written in either one of these. When Jesus teaches them to pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it's not active voice, it's not passive voice, it's this thing called middle voice. No idea. All of you are like, this is good stuff. English class, 101. I'm going somewhere, okay? What middle voice means is joining the action of another. It's intercession. What middle voice means is the action doesn't originate with you, but it doesn't mean your role is negligent, as in you don't have anything to do. What middle voice is, how Jesus writes this, is here, here is how you pray. When you pray, when you intercede, when you ask God for something, for somebody in your life, or for your children, for your employees, for your spouse, for your marriage, for your community, for lost people around you that don't have a relationship with God, how you come into prayer with them is you figure out and you try to discern what is God already doing and then how can I align myself with you, God? How can I actually do that with you? God, what are you doing right now? I don't want to assume that you're doing nothing. I want to figure out what it is you're already doing and figure out my role to align myself with you. Just as it's also, I have no role in this, God's going to do what he wants. God, I think, is inviting us as a people, as parents, as mothers and fathers, as friends, as coworkers, as neighbors, as a church in our community. I think God is inviting us to be a part of what he's doing, and he might just be waiting for us to do it, for him to do something in the lives of somebody else. He's given us an invitation to be a part, to join in. To see something incredible happen because you got to play a role with God interceding on behalf of another person. Author Eugene Peterson, he has a quote. He says it like this. It's so well written. He says, the assumption of spirituality is that God is always doing something before I know it. Pause. God's doing something in your life that you can't see and you can't appreciate yet. God's also doing something in the lives of your family, of your spouse, of your kids, of your neighbors, of your coworkers, everybody we just said. God is already doing something in their lives. You might not even see it yet. So he's saying the assumption of spirituality is that God is always doing something before I know it. So the task, our task, our role, our responsibility is not to get, to, to get God to do something that I think needs to be done. That's not our goal. It's not to convince him. It's not to lobby him. It's not to bribe him, which we can't. Our role is to become aware of what God is doing so that I can respond to it and participate. And then this last part, and take delight in it. That God's actually invited us to take delight, to find joy, to experience purpose. As we come alongside him in what he's doing in the lives of other people and join him in prayer. That's the invitation that God has actually given us. 
As I sat and thought about, like, man, what prayers have changed my life? It is the prayers of other people in my life that have so well aligned with what God was already doing. And as they prayed, they spoke into it. Changed my life. I had a mentor uh, years ago, probably a decade ago, walked with me for three years. We used to show up, or I used to show up at his house uh, in the middle of the week, you know, at a Tuesday night at seven o'clock or eight o'clock, something like that. We would sit in his living room. I would sit on his couch. The only material required was my Bible. And I'd bring my Bible in, and he would just begin asking, What's going on in your life? Fill me in. How's it going in your relationship with God? How's it going in ministry? What are you learning right now? What's school like? What's relationship like? How's your, at the time I was dating Shannon, how's dating Shannon going? What are you experiencing? What are you learning? What are you struggling with? What he was doing, I didn't even realize it. What he was doing is he was looking for the ways that God was working in my life because how he would pray for me would be in alignment with God. Thank goodness he didn't pray what I asked him to pray for. I mean, how many of you can look back on a season of your life and go, Lord, thank you for being good to me and not answering that prayer. I would have destroyed my life with that answer. <laughs> I can honestly look back and I can honestly say, I'm so glad that he didn't pray what I was asking for. What he did, right? He, he would ask this, how can I pray for you? And what he would be listening to and looking for in my own life. And now what I learned years later, what he was doing in his own spirit was saying, God, what do you want me to pray for? What is my role in this equation? How do you want me to pray? God, is there anything you want me to pray over him? Is there any verse or passage in scripture that you want to highlight in his life, Lord? Just bring it to me right now. I didn't see it. I didn't know he was doing that. I didn't know. And, and you know what the qualifications are to be able to do that for somebody else? An open heart and humility. To say, God, this is, this is your child. The person I'm about to pray for, the, the person that I get to intercede for, they're yours. And you love them, you care for them, you have a plan for them, you are orchestrating so much in their life right now. God, how can I come alongside you right now and pray over them? If you have that heart and if you pray that prayer, I, I'm telling you 100%, God is going to give you something to pray over them. And what you might not feel is resolve. You, you might not feel like, whoa, God used me to do that. Intercession, as I've learned, is a long process. It's walking alongside God for oftentimes an extended period of time, trusting that what God is doing is so significant in their lives, but trusting that your role as one who intercedes on their behalf is just as important. That's what God's called us to. So time out. If you have kids, you are the intercessor for your kids. If you're a teacher and you have students, you are the intercessor for your students. If you have employees or coworkers, you are the intercessor for your employees or your coworkers. If you have classmates or dorm roommates or if you live in a neighborhood or surrounded by other people, if you are married, if you have a family, if you do anything with anyone at any time, you are their intercessor. And what a high calling that God has actually given you to do that. 
What God's doing is he's stirring in the lives of people all around us, inviting us to be a part of what he is already doing. And, and you might ask this, well, how? How does he do that? How does he reveal? How does he show? How does he lead us to know what it is we're supposed to pray for? What we do is we look at the model of Jesus. So the model of Jesus in Scripture, if I read this to you, it's not on the screen, but just you can jot it down or something if you want to read it later. John chapter 6, verse 38, here's what Jesus said. And it's, you can picture him with blood coming down his forehead as he's sweating, as he's anxious because he's about to head to the cross. We get a little insight into the heart of Jesus praying for us, praying for his disciples, praying for his people. Here's what Jesus says, John chapter 6, verse 38. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. What Jesus does is he aligns and he goes, God, I'm doing what, you, what you've called me to do. I'm aligning my heart, I'm aligning my prayers, I'm aligning my schedule, I'm aligning every part of me to you, God, because it's not about me, it's not about my will, it's all about yours. Jesus aligns himself with the Father, and that drives him to action. In this case, it drove him to the cross. But Jesus gives us a helper, gives us an advocate, if you are a follower of Jesus, what you receive is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives and dwells and resides right inside of you, right inside your own heart. And what Romans chapter 8 describes is, is Paul describes the Holy Spirit as our intercessor today. So if we read this one, it says this, verse 26, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. You see how the, the Trinity here, so God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, they all work in tandem with one another. They're perfectly aligned. There's no deviation. There's no change. There's no difference. They are so aligned. And what it says is the Holy Spirit living and residing in you, knowing the depths of your own heart, the depths of your brokenness, the depths of your temptation, the things that are so secret that nobody else in the world knows, the Spirit actually knows, and the Spirit intercedes on your behalf all the time for you. It's an incredible thought. And it's more than that. It's an incredible truth. That the Holy Spirit resides inside of you right now and is interceding with God on your behalf in perfect alignment but playing such a significant role. That's how we ought to see our role as the church and as followers of Jesus for people in our community and in our context and in our neighborhoods and in our families, especially those that don't know him. Because God's ultimate purpose is that the world might know him. That they might know his love, his overabounding, unexplainable love and grace and mercy for humanity. God's desire is that they might know him. And what he's tasked us to do, every one of us, you may say, I don't have the gift of intercession. Me neither. At all. But I have the responsibility. Just like you. to my family, to my wife, to our community, to our neighbors, to this, to this church, 
to, to every family that just stood up here first service, to every family that's going to stand up here second service. I have the same responsibility and the same calling as all of you. And when it comes to prayer, it's just to intercede for them. God, whatever it is you're doing right now, help me align with that. Help me align with you. Show me what to pray for. Show me how to bless. Show me how to encourage. Show me what to speak. Show me how to pray. And you know what? If they never know you're praying for them, that's okay. Some of you just found out five minutes ago that the Holy Spirit is praying and interceding for you on your behalf, and he's been doing it your entire life. It's not about being visible. It's not about being the front runner, playing the front role. Look at me. God answered my prayer. It's not about that at all. It's about living into the calling and the role that God has tasked us with. It's an incredible opportunity. We should not be disappointed when God invites us into this messy middle. We should not be disappointed. If you're, if you're in that space right now and wrestling with, man, I've been praying like crazy. I've been praying that God would intervene. I've been praying that God would change something. I've been praying that God would do something or awaken them or bring them home or whatever it is. If you've been praying and you're not seeing that prayer answered, can I just be an encouragement to you today? You're, you're in great company. I have a, a list of names on my board in my office here of just people that I feel like God's went, them. I just want you to pray for them. Some of them I've been praying for for months and months and months and months. And, and a lot of times, I'm not even sure what I'm supposed to be praying. I'm just trying to be obedient, God. Like, what, what, do, you, what do you want me to do? I, I, I brought them up to, to Ted, you know, my prayer mentor, a few, probably six months ago, seven months. I went, this is weird. I just felt like I had these names. What am I supposed to do with these? And he goes, that's just God's invitation for you to pray for them. Can you do that? Put, put them on a list on your fridge at home. Put them in a work note on your computer. Put them at your desk at home or at work or in your classroom. or whatever, whatever age you are, this isn't exclusive to like just adults. I mean, good grief. This is for all of us. The role that your prayers play is significant for the kingdom. I, I put this question on here. What, what's at stake if we don't do this? Because I, I really believe what God's called us to do here at Frontline is to be a praying church. It's why we have our prayer team in the back by the prayer banner. They're always there for you. They're praying for you. We have people praying for this service for you right now. That's true for you. If you're watching online, we're praying for you also. The prayer requests that you submit, we, we pray over those all the time. We're praying for you. We're interceding for you. But the role is not just to be interceded for. It is to intercede on behalf of another. That's what intercession is. It's just aligning ourselves with what God's already doing. Love is that nucleus around the entire thing. I think God's called us to be a praying church for the sake of our community. He's called you to be a praying man for the sake of your wife. He's called you to be a praying woman for the sake of your husband. He's called you to be a praying family for the sake of each other. He's called you to be a praying neighbor for the sake of your neighbors and the people around you that don't know him. He has called you to be an intercessor. What a high calling. God wants to do something in the lives of people around you, through you. So here's what I put. What's at stake if we don't? The person that needs you to pray for their marriage may end in divorce. The person that needs you to pray against their addiction might end up in prison. The person that needs healing 
and they never receive it. The person that doesn't know Jesus or the, run, the one who's running far from him may never experience the grace and the love of their heavenly father if we don't intercede for them. Your role is so important. It's so significant. Doesn't matter if you've been following Jesus for 10 minutes, 10 years, 100 years, whichever one you fall under, God has invited you to be a part of his church, to pray for and to intercede on others' behalves. The last thing I just close with, it's an awesome story. We have an essential store. You might not know this. Uh, our essential store served over 200 families last month, which equates to about 700 people in our community. And they come in and they get their needs met, whether it's deodorant or soap or shampoo. And this is the same uh, entity that's throwing this event, right? Like the, the essential store is throwing the fill a bag event. So a year ago, there was a woman that was contemplating suicide, showed up to the fill a bag event, and when she showed up, she met Enika, who's our essential store director. She met a couple other people here and she started getting connected. Eventually she shared, I was gonna commit suicide, but then I heard about this event and I showed up to the event. I met some people. I started getting connected in this community and, and what led to just a physical need being met ended up being spiritual needs met. And there's a woman in our store, every single shift. She always sits there, she sits down, uh, in this chair, she has a notebook, and when people come in, they go through the registration process, they get some background info, and then this woman looks them dead in the eye. She's done it to me when I walked in the store. She says this, how can I pray for you? And she sits there with her pen ready. Like, go ahead, don't make it up. How can I pray for you? And she began praying for this woman that showed up a year ago who did not commit suicide, who has had multiple needs met in her life physical, and then also, or spiritual, also what we found out was she was diagnosed with COPD. It's an irreversible condition. She was in stage two, her health was declining. She said, here's how you can pray for me, pray for my lungs. She showed up to a doctor's appointment three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and the doctor goes, this is kind of strange, but uh, you have stage one now. It's irreversible. You have stage one now, we can clap for that. Here's what she says. You just need to hear this. Here's what she says. The doctor looks at her and goes, that's not possible. And she says this, that's not what my Bible says. <laughs> Woo! Well, here's what I wanna invite you to do. Can we pray for people in our lives? Can we pray for our kids? Can we pray for the next generation? Can we pray for our community? Can we pray for our neighbors? Can we pray for the students that are in Northview schools? Can we pray for the families that were up here? Can we pray for you? I wanna invite you right now, go ahead and stand up wherever you're at. Let's worship the God who intercedes on our behalf and invites us to intercede with him for the sake of the world. We hope this message encouraged you to know who God is and who you are in him. If you wanna take a next step, visit frontlinegr.com slash next. We look forward to connecting with you there and we'll see you back here next week.